0: I work the number for him.com and now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I work for him podcast.
1: This is Peter Tragos. I'm an attorney at the law offices of Tragos, Sardis, and Tragos. We do personal injury. We do criminal defense. Uh, we've been on Jim's show in the past. I came with my dad last year, and Jim asked me today to guest host, set up the show, bring on some guests, do an I work for him radio show slash podcast. So we're excited to be here. Jim and Martha are enjoying their anniversary. They deserve some time away. So we get to have some fun and try not to mess up their radio show. Uh, the first guest I have in here with me today and you just heard from him is aaron curran aaron curran is the pastor at the church i happen to go to building 28 is what it's called um so aaron why don't you introduce yourself tell us a little bit about how building 28 started
2: oh yeah well thanks uh thanks pete um so we started building 28 about seven years ago um i was a youth pastor uh worship leader in dunedin at the time the lovely little seaside town and uh and we started, I had been feeling for a long time that um, just a desire for a fresh work like that, um, a work that was really designed um, with a, uh, a very modern feel to the stylistic or the methods of the church, but a, a very um, kind of old school or vintage um, doctrine or theology. Behind that. And so, kind of bringing those two worlds together. And so, I uh, talked to my pastor at the time quite a bit. We had a young adult service that had kind of morphed into a service for all ages um, in Dunedin. And they decided the pastor and the deacons um, and the leadership of that church in Dunedin decided to, to send us out. And so, we, we went out with a core of, oh man, the, the first Sunday, I think we had 100 people, but we grew it down to about 30 people um, pretty quick. And, um, and so that was our core. We had about 30, uh, 30 adults. Uh, maybe a third of them were teenagers and we didn't know what we were doing. Um, fortunately for us, we got a lot of counsel, a lot of direction um, in the early days and we still take that now today. Uh, networking's really become really important for us. But yeah, that was seven years ago. And since that time, it's just kind of grown. Uh, God's done an incredible thing there in in North Clearwater and, uh, and taking us to where we are today.
1: And I know Jim has had some pastors on in the past. um, And I think it's cool to always remember that it is a job and pastors work at the church. And especially with church planting, we're uh, with an organization called Acts 29. I'm going to ask Aaron to talk about that in a second. But there's a lot of entrepreneurial aspects of church planting, especially planting like you did um, and starting out as, like you said, and you're still the worship leader basically at our church, wearing a lot of hats at first. As the church grows, you get more of a staff. You learn how to deal with staff, how to hire and fire people, which I know you've had to go through, which isn't easy, yeah. um, and how you actually are also bringing your faith to the workplace, dealing with your employees, dealing with your you know, equals as the elders that, that are there as well. So why don't you talk a little bit about Acts 29 and a little bit about how your workplace is also a mission field for you?
2: Yeah, so when we first planted, we had no affiliation. Uh, we're a non-denominational church, truly in every sense. Um, there's there's no absolutely no networking or connections for us, and um, and we existed like that for three years. And it was um, and now I have the opportunity to coach church planters quite a bit. We have them come in three or four times a month and and work with them. And I tell them networking is so important, affiliation is so important, uh, connecting with like-minded brothers and churches. Uh, and the reason why is um, we just didn't. We didn't know the business, organizational, structured side of the church. Of course, um, I believe uh, that every good church planter is going to be really strong in the gospel of Christ. is going to be really strong in the word and prayer and discipleship and things like that. And that's kind of the more what we call the organic side of church life. But the organizational structural side, like how to protect our children while we're in church or um, how to how to greet and assimilate newcomers, guests as they come into the church, just stuff like that um, that you don't think about. or A lot of people don't think about a lot of church planters don't think about right away. They just think, hey, I'm I'm an awesome preacher um, and I've got a worship leader who knows three chords and we'll just roll forward and plant a church. And um, without thinking of how, how is this going to grow and how are we going to have an influence and impact in our area?
1: But there is truly all the aspects of any business. Absolutely. When you go into a church planting like you did yep. um, and then as it continues and just becomes a church, basically, as opposed to a baby church or a church yep. plant or some church that another older big sister church or parent church is still guiding along. But so why don't you talk a little bit about some of the business aspects of it um, that that you've come across in church planning and that you coach some of these other church planters up in?
2: Yeah, so just really quick to go back to what you said. Act 29 has been invaluable because it has connected us to other church planters um, where we can be trained by them and then we can in turn train them. And so Act 29 is a global network of church planting churches made of about 700 churches. And um, they've they've put us in contact with these planters that we do have an opportunity to coach. And so a lot of the things we coach them and is not... On the organic side of church life. Well, we don't coach them unless they need it or unless they want it in how to articulate the gospel or um, how to even manage necessarily um, the curriculum of small groups, but rather we talk them through how to manage like the logistics of church, like childcare for for small groups Mm -hmm. or, um, how to take a guest from a first time visitor to an elder in a church, like the process and the pipeline of doing that type of thing. Um, and we just had a, a church planter come in from Miami. We have another came in last week from champions gate. Um, and we're working them through stuff that like, I don't believe I, I, I loved my time at Bible college, but nobody ever walked me through, um, how to deal with, Um, with uh, a mother who had just lost a a child, you know, um, or gone through a miscarriage. And so working them through some of that type of things, as well as working them through how to set up security in your church, um, how to work media and marketing to use, to, to use these resources like radio, like podcasting to the best of our ability. So those are just some of the things we're working with these church planters through that I wish somebody had worked with us through. Uh, But now we see is invaluable.
1: And I think that's really funny because as you talk through that, I'm thinking to myself, literally everything you're describing is exactly how I felt when I first became a lawyer. They don't teach you that stuff in law school. So in law school, they may teach you the law. They really teach you how to break down the law, read a statute, figure out what it says and how you can use it or argue whichever side of it that you happen to be on. But they don't teach you how to market they don 't teach you how to deal with you know the mother whose kid died in the car accident that they come and sit down and talk to you about it they don't they don 't teach you how to deal with somebody who just got arrested and their life is turned upside down and their family's leaving them and they 've got to figure out what to do yeah. um, they don 't teach you any of that stuff in school but it it's an essential part of the business and being an entrepreneur and dealing with that business now let me pause for a second because Jim is going to be upset with me when he hears this. Cause he told me, make sure you give your website make sure you give all your <laughs> stuff where people can find you. Yeah. Our website for my law firm, Trey dot com. You can find everything you need about us there. Tell us a little bit about billing 28s uh, website. I know we've got a Facebook page and, and all that good stuff with our, uh, our media pastor, Jeff, uh, Jeff Singer.
2: Yeah, so Jeff does uh, an incredible job. Uh, he definitely makes all of us look a lot better and sound a lot better. Uh, he's our media director there. He's been with us from the beginning. Uh, Jeff came on, I think I can say this on radio, he was a, a complete stoner, pothead. I uh, got <laughs> saved, like God worked a radical um, work in his life. I married he and his wife in our backyard. And uh, and now he's just killing it in the media department yeah. and, and churches around the area and really around the region Call him for that. And so our website is bldg. I'm um, just building abbreviated two eight dot com. Um And obviously you can find building 28 on Instagram and on Facebook as well. I uh, have a pretty strong presence there. And so just once again, using uh, the resources that God's put before us of media um, to reach more people, people live on their phones, they live on their pa- tablets, they live on their iPads um, or their, their computers now. And, um, and so to have that always before them is one of the things we're, trying to do and coach planters to know how to do.
1: And in case anybody can't tell, uh, we don't normally do this. None of us have, have ever, yeah. uh, uh, led or done a radio show before. I don't think so. Before we finish the first segment, we just talked about it. It's an interesting name. Why don't you tell everybody where the name came from, what the acronym stands for before we uh, head out.
2: So I was raised in a, in a, a very, very conservative Christian home. Good, good parents, godly parents, but, uh, um, I felt that uh, a lot of Christianity that I knew was very traditionally based, or it was leaning toward a more liberal mindset. One or the other, and so Colossians two eight was the scripture that twenty eight comes from. Don't let anyone take you captive by tradition, empty deceit, philosophy of the world, but be captivated by Christ. Uh, in essence, and then BLDG just stands for the what the tenets or core values of our church are: believe biblically, radically biblically, uh, love communally, disciple intentionally for God's glory, and so. BLDG28. That's where the name came from.
1: It's definitely a different name. We've got shirts. We've got all sorts of stuff that have it on it. Anywhere I ever go, people always stop and ask, what does the B28 mean? What does the Building 28 mean? It's a cool meaning behind it. It's a different name. It's it's our own. It's something we kind of live with and ride with. So um, this is the, the end of our first segment. We'll be back in uh, segment two to talk a little bit about how uh, making sure that being a pastor and working at church does not become a burden that shows to your kids that we've talked about in the past to make sure they don't feel like sometimes I feel when I go to work like I don't want to be here today it's been a long week I want to go home we have to to kind of guard against that in the church to make sure our our kids know that the church is also a mission field and and we've always got to be given to God while we're there and not just seeing it as uh, another job that we have to do that day Uh, again this is Peter Tragos The Law Offices of Tregos and Tregos is where I work. Our website is TregosLaw.com. We do personal injury. We do criminal defense. We do some employment law. And we are here today guest hosting for Jim Brandenburg. We appreciate him having us here to guest host. And we hope he's enjoying his anniversary trip with his lovely wife. Um, I have Aaron Curran, pastor of Building 28 Church in here as my first guest. We just spoke a little bit about how uh, church planting and starting your own church, how entrepreneurial it can be. Um, we're going to dig in a little bit more about how being a pastor is your job. Um, people have bad days at work all the time. I know we have long weeks. We go in. We don't want to go in. We're away from our family. Um, we're away from you know, doing whatever it is that we want to do. But there's a difference in being a pastor and that being your job and how it affects your family and how you're very guarded on how you let that affect your affect your family. I know we've talked about it in the past. So explain to me a little bit about how you handle that um, going into work every day as a pastor.
2: Um, Well, I mean, I would say uh, I believe that we're all reactionary creatures to what we've seen and observed. And it's the same in the work world. Um, You observe uh, an attorney who functions a certain way and you say, I don't want to function that way. And so you kind of react to that. And so what I've done is growing up, I've I've observed pastors either that were shepherding the congregation I attended or that I actually worked for. And I took some of the good from that. And I also wanted to steer clear of the bad. And so what I've seen typically in the church world, and even I have this proclivity, is to lean into either um, uh, idolizing the church, which a lot of pastors do, uh, prioritizing that to the detriment of their family, or the opposite, lean so heavy toward being um, present with their family that the, the church suffers because of that. And so um, there's got to be a healthy rhythm that is established there. And not to say that I found it, but I'm striving toward that. Um, now, I do believe wholeheartedly um, that number one, first priority is my relationship with Christ. Um, I am a devotee to Him, I'm, I'm a Christian first. Then, secondly, is my relationship to my wife. I'm a husband second, I'm a father third, and then I'm a pastor planter fourth. Um, and keeping that in its proper order is important for me. And so,
1: Which is the order everybody should have. Exactly. You know, that, that, there's no yeah. difference between that yeah. and, and being a lawyer, a realtor, anything else. That should be the order of your priorities. Yeah. Um, and how you show that order, I think might be a little different because it's not the same if I say, oh gosh, another long week. I don't want to go in there. I don't yeah. want to deal with these people. But for you, it's that's part of the flock that you're shepherding.
2: Definitely. And so that's the, that's kind of the why behind um, how I structure things out. And so I'm very cognizant and aware of myself as well as our other staff members um, working hard when we're, at work. And I know it's weird in ministry. Um, any pastors who are listening or ministers who are listening, you, you get this. Um, you don't have punch in punch out hours. I don't go in at 830 every day and, and come home at five or 530. Um, and so, you know, people text at 2 a.m. with a tragedy or uh, like tomorrow we're we're doing a memorial service uh, for a gentleman who passed away in our church on, on a Saturday. And so there's there's weird hours. But making sure that I'm finding healthy rhythms in that. So if I have a long week, um, this coming week is vacation Bible school at our church. Um, so it'll be out of the ordinary. It'll be long, uh, early mornings, long days. Um, but then what I do is I will myself, and I give our staff the the following week. I'll give us one of our normal working days off, so that we can kind of recoup and and, and rest and be with our families and uh, and prioritize, you know, truly being with them, punched out as it were. And so that's just one of the things I had to learn. Because when I planted the church, I feel like it was very really unhealthy on my part. I was working seven days a week, seventy to eighty hours a week, and um and um, through good counsel, but also through a couple of seasons of burnout, I had to learn, um, again, that the church doesn't ride on me, um, that it's it's Jesus' church, and um, that he has put me in the occupational field that I'm in to press forward. So that's not an excuse to be lazy by any means to press forward the mission of the church, but at the same time to be able to punch out and go home and be with my family and enjoy the life that he's given.
1: Right. And I also think it's important. And, and I know we've talked about in the past and like, for example, when when I know sometimes when I get there to prepare communion, pour the juice yeah. and get the crackers or whatever, my daughter loves to come with me and thinks it's such a you know exciting yeah. event to come and plan. And I know your kids the same thing. They're at the church all the time and making sure that it is a place where they feel like it's happy and you're happy to be there and you're serving yeah. God and you, it, it, it lights the fire in you to keep it going. And that's important because you're always there so that it feels like that towards them. And is really important to them as you kind of go through your daily routine to you. Um, the church is still the church.
2: Absolutely. And um, so I have, I have a four and a half year old named Spurgeon. I have a two year old little girl named Evangeline. And then we have a new baby, a uh, little baby coming uh, in July. Um, and, um, so the two-year-old, and obviously the, the, the baby hasn't even born yet, don't understand this. But Spurgeon's starting to get this. And when I go into the church, even on work days, I don't ever tell him that I'm going to work now. Right.
1: And we talked I, about that before he yeah. was even old enough to understand. I, I told, yeah,
2: I think we talked about this right. a couple of years ago where I tell him, Daddy's going to help people or Daddy's going to tell people about Jesus instead of, because I don't want him to associate the four walls of the church with work, I want him to associate with ministry and service and helping people and uh, as he grows older. And so right now, he loves going to church. He asked last night if he could go with me to band practice. Right. He couldn't. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, just stuff like that. He, he loves going. He loves being a part. Um, I, I believe, I truly believe that at Building 28, we have a very unique family atmosphere, um, there and that extends even to the kids. And so the kids love seeing their friends and and love being a part of the family that is building 28. And, um, and so just keeping the church as it is supposed to be instead of as a a means to my end, that's not what the church exists for is to make me uh, a paycheck or to make me well known. It's, it's Jesus's church. And my kids hopefully can come along and see that in my wife.
1: And I think that's a really important encouragement, not just all the pastors out there, but also anybody that works at a church in any capacity or volunteers at a church. Because I know sometimes the volunteer hours can seem like a lot and you don't want that to come off to your family as yeah. something you have to do or don't want to do. Instead, it's something that you're happy to be blessed to do in our country. And there's no persecution really to do it, you know, and that we're able to do it. We're able to bring our kids and enjoy it with our kids. And I think specifically, so when talking about people in the church or members of the church that volunteer and do things at the church, I think it's really cool how the Bible sets out in first Corinthians 12, that the church is one body with many members Mm -hmm. and each member has a strength, has their strengths and their weaknesses. And you shouldn't say, you know, if I'm a foot, why am I not a hand? If I'm a hand, why am I not a foot? Um, But we all
2: hope we're not. A foot,
1: Right. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess uh, no, I, no. I just I think that it's funny because it's so true in life how you can how you can see what your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah, and I, I think know. this is a, you know, a radio show that focuses on, you know, working and being a light in your work field and how your work field is a mission field. And I think that one yeah. really good encouragement to people is. How pastors see the strengths and weaknesses of the members of their church, how they look for ways to use them and how they appreciate their volunteering their time, not just to, you know, watch the kids or or greet people or whatever, but to do work specific things at the church. Why don't you talk a little bit about how um, our church has had the need in the past and how the members have stepped up and used their um, their specialties basically to help out the church?
2: I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, and it extends to all fields. Um, They they do this both inside the church. So we've had, um, uh, you know, guys who – and I'm I'm not skilled in technology or or marketing or anything like that. But we've had guys who have advised our marketing team on how to market, who have marketing companies. Um, We have – Realtors within the church who have given advice to people within the church or staff we may even hear from one of those we later may, maybe if we're lucky um but uh we have I mean we have a doctors in the church who um like just this past week we're on vacation in the Caribbean and my wife I don't even know if I told you. She tore. She's so accident prone. You know this being an attorney. You've represented her several <laughs> times. But um, she uh, uh. she tore a tendon in her foot going into the ocean. It's like understand. ridiculous. But um, we, have an, we have we have an orthopedic surgeon in the church. So she, right when she got home kind of connected through that and went and saw him. Mm -hmm. And so there's just ways that the body, um, whether, whether that's kind of blue collar work or white collar work or whatever it might be, can serve one another. And, and I feel like, uh, in many ways, building 28, the people building 28 and hopefully of many churches around the barrier are doing that for one another. Um, But those are just that's just something. Yeah. And we're
1: going to dive into this deeper a little bit later. But taking that a step further and dealing with how, you know, you're saying you've got to have a clock off time or a clock out time. And you've got to you know show your kids you that going to church is a a privilege and and you get to help people and serve Christ. Talk about some of the the struggles that people come in with um, with their jobs outside of the church and how you've dealt with some of the counseling and things in the past. And just kind of be an encouragement to them now in how. You know, everybody goes through getting fired or getting laid off yep. or whatever and just kind of how to keep trucking and keep finding ways to use your talents.
2: Um, well, we take obviously we have a counseling pastor at the church and, right. and I used to do a lot of that, obviously, when we first planted. And, and now he does the bulk of that, Pastor Don. Um, but uh, we do have people who come in and they're, they're looking for a job. Um, we have people who, who came in and they were just released from their job. Um, we have people who hate their job. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you have a few, it seems, who love their job. And um, and so working with them, I mean, it is kind of individualized as how we're going to work through that. Obviously, there's always going to be prayer when someone's going through a rough season at work or um, um, has been laid off of work or fired. Uh, and then uh, we do put out feelers. And that's been one of the kind of encouraging things as well um, that I would say to anybody Uh, It's not the primary reason you should be a part of a church. (laughs) You should join the church because, like you already referenced, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, like there's many members of one body. Um, And so that's kind of a calling for us as believers. But one of the benefits of being a part of a church is that when I do go through a rough season at work or when I am looking for a new occupation or I'm a college student and I've just graduated and I'm looking to get get my career started, um, there's connections to be made in the local church. So. Um, that's been a that's been a plus.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that that's the point is we spend so much of our time and life at work that we realize that really having a church body to be a part of, having pastors to go to, it can really help in all facets of our life, especially when work is not going the way that we had hoped. Um, Okay, it's Peter Tragos from the Law Offices of Tragos, Sardis and Tragos. You can find anything you need to know about us at TragosLaw.com. We do personal injury, we do criminal defense, we do some employment law, and I am here today guest hosting the podcast for Jim. He is away with his beautiful wife on their anniversary trip, and we heard in the first First two segments from Pastor Aaron Curran from Building 28 Church, and we have one of the other members of Building 28 Church, a local realtor in town, works for Park Property Group. Um, he is here. His name is Nathan Brown. He was one of the original members when Building 28 planted Known him for a long time. I used him when I bought my uh, most recent house, or sold my most recent house, I should say. Um, Used his services, and as I know a lot of others in the church have. So, Nate, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us how you became a Christian first, and then how you got into the uh, real estate business.
3: Great. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me today. Thanks, Aaron. Good to be here Nate's a
1: first-timer, so we're going to give him some tips as we go. So, scoot on into the mic and speak up.
3: All right. Thanks. Um, I became a Christian at a pretty young age, uh, six years old. I grew up in a Uh, pastor's home, and uh, I was a PK, and um, my mom and dad led me to the Lord uh, at an early age, but it wasn't until uh, high school, towards the end of high school, where that faith became real and kind of um, uh, personal to me, and that relationship with Christ uh, really took place and really uh, started going forth in my life through through school and uh, onward into jobs and my career.
1: So basically making your own decisions and you had to get out of bed in college and go to church for Certainly, yourself yeah. as opposed to going to your dad's church. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And I know that, um, when building 28 planted, you were one of the original members. You did a lot of work and volunteering and stuff with the church, um, to begin with another step, I'm sure in making that faith your own. Um, how'd you get into the real estate business?
3: Uh, I got uh, into the real estate business through a, through a friend of mine actually, uh, who built a house for me. Um, he was a, a, a local, um, uh, Home builder and also a realtor. And after not being able to find a house, uh, you know, he introduced the process of potentially building one, and uh, that led to a, a very good friendship, and um, that turned into us working together.
1: So, you as a realtor, obviously, you help people buy houses, you help people sell houses, but you also I think, like you just mentioned, you deal a lot with new construction as well.
3: Certainly, yeah. We do have a development arm of our company who primarily works with uh, helping local builders find land and, and in turn, once the product is built, helping them sell that product.
1: Okay. And uh, you do commercial and residential?
3: Yes, both. Primarily residential, but we do have a a small commercial uh, branch of our office as well with a few guys that are dedicated towards that.
1: All right. Where, where can people find more info about that? I know it's Park Property Group, but you have an own little segment, right? Correct.
3: Yeah. Parkpropertygroup.com and also NathanBrownRealty.com. We're, we're local. We're right here in Clearwater uh, off Gulf to of Bay.
1: Okay. So let's talk a little bit about um, me and Aaron. He, Nate's been sitting in here the whole time with, with Aaron and I. So we spoke a little bit about how uh, in First Corinthians 12, it talks about how the church is one body with many members. Um, and Aaron spoke generally about how some of the members of our church have jumped in and uh, helped out with their specialized um, skills Uh, why don't you talk about how you kind of came to helping the church find their current space and then when we've looked around to see what other spaces available how you've kind of helped out the church in that
3: yeah, certainly that's been a, it's been a fun process from finding, um, at first I was part of the, the original 30 that Aaron had alluded to earlier. Um, and part of the, not part of the 70 that I guess we ran off at the very big get go. But, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so the, there was a lot of us, a few of us that were forced into, uh, different roles of helping in the church that, you know, we weren't accustomed to, but, um, this was a church that God had placed us in and, uh, you know, we had to jump in from, you know, me and another, uh, gentleman, you know, trying to handle the finances and figure that out as we go and different things. But, um, uh, yeah, we were able to help the church find a temporary space at first, um, you know, for our first year of existence. And then afterwards, um, we did play a role in helping the church find our current location that has expanded and expanded in the same location as well. But um, through the years, we've, you know, kicked the tires and looked at different opportunities to purchase land and build a building to take over um, old, old churches or old schools, different things. And, you know, we're always uh, willing and uh, able to help the church and, you know, whenever that opportunity comes up to help find that right space.
1: And I always talk about with other professionals in our church and other churches that we're supposed to be in the world, not of it. And this is one of the things that being in the world as a church and as Christians, you have to deal with. So we've got to deal with leases. I've talked to Aaron a lot about our liability insurance and what would happen if this happened or that happened or something goes wrong with the the building. How do we fix it? How do we go about doing that? And I know that having somebody dealing in real estate is just a part of the business of especially church planting. You've got to find a place to be. A lot of times a local church or high school or something will let you use their property for cheap or for almost nothing. But eventually when you grow and you have a place that you want to become more permanent in, you've obviously got to set up a lease for that. Um, And I know we've looked in the past for other properties or buildings or things to potentially go into. So, Aaron, why don't you talk a little bit about how having somebody like Nate with real estate experience has helped us kind of in the process of making those decisions? Because it sounds great. Yeah, let's buy a building. Let's build our church and let's just roll with it. But... You, know, you don't always know what that entails as a pastor who's never done that before.
2: Well, definitely. I mean, I think that no matter how much of an entrepreneur you are... As a pastor, you still you not you're not going to have the the smarts when it comes to real estate or marketing, um, uh, mortgage that type of thing as as other people would. And so we have guys in our church who specialize in mortgage, particularly for a church or commercial real estate. Um, we have realtors uh, who specialize um, in in finding commercial space or industrial space that we can maybe transform into a worship space, um, and that's been invaluable because me obviously I sit back. And, uh, and I try to crunch numbers and I try to say, hey, this is how much we can afford. And meanwhile, a mortgage guy comes along and he goes, uh, no, 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 you don't understand all else that that's going to entail and how much overhead it's going to be. Or somebody who goes, actually, uh, a realtor who goes, you're, you're not, you wouldn't be zoned for that, you're, you know. And so those are some of the things that I never thought about from the initial, uh, or even things as simple as like parking. Right. Like, you're like, oh, we have enough square footage here. But the realtor's like, actually, you need uh, two and a half. Um, for every two and a half people that are come to your church, two point five people, there needs to be one parking space right. or adequate bathrooms, things like that. You just don't, you know, it's it, you're as a pastor, you're thinking worship space, like how how many people can we get in the worship room? And there, you know, these guys who specialize in their field think um, more about the logistics of is there adequate space for children's ministry, for bathrooms, for parking, for handicap access, things of that nature.
1: And I think that it's you know it's you are known also at our church as the pastor of vision. And sometimes you have a vision and you can see that when you see a space, but you've never totally remodeled a space before. Like we had to do with our, with our current space and just actually done it ourselves with people in the church. And speaking of some people being the hand and the foot, I don't want to be somebody that's good at that type of stuff. And yeah. I'm terrible at that type of stuff. And when I came and tried to help out, I just ended up sweeping and, and uh, sucking up water with the shop vac as opposed to building anything. But we have people in the church that are great at that too. And they've been essential in helping us move forward and use this space as we grow and yeah. be able to work it into a space that's usable for us that we wouldn't, ha- we wouldn't be able to do it or wouldn't be able to afford to do it if we didn't have all these people that could do it and were parts of the body and Absolutely. members of the church that come and volunteer their time. Um, so Nate, why don't you talk a little bit about, um, how you feel? Cause we've talked about it in the past and I always feel like, you know, it's easy for Aaron, he's a pastor, so it's easy for him to do everything, including his job to God's glory. It's easy for him to dedicate his job to, to God's glory. But for guys like us, we're out here dealing with, you know, money and property and people and problems. Um, first Corinthians 10 31, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. How do you feel like you can do that? In your real estate business, and it can include things you do for the church, for our church, for your dad's church, for any churches in the town in, in town that may need that type of advice. How do you feel like you can really implement that into your daily work? Yeah, that's a
3: good question. And it, it's uh, it's a challenge every day. Um, it's a challenge every day to set out and to keep that in mind and to um, know and, and think throughout the day that uh, as you help clients and as you're out looking at homes or, or selling homes or you know looking at certain properties with people that, you know, that's what you're ultimately doing it for. So helping people in the church um, is 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 a great fun because, you know, you you have that common thread with them and, you know, you're helping them make, you know, what could be the largest purchase of their lives and the most important purchase of their lives um, or sell, you know, that large investment. So being with those folks um, when that opportunity arises in the church is is, is awesome and, and just a kind of natural result. Uh, but day in and day out, it is tough. And it's something that you constantly have to have on your mindset um, as you're guiding these people through these decisions is. Um, the reason why I'm doing it is is for that, is for the ultimate glory of the Lord.
1: I think what's also cool about your guys' um, uh, group and your guys' business with Andy Park, knowing him from years past... Um, and we saw some of your guys' marketing videos that you're able to do. Um, and with with his other partner, I know he's got he's got mm-hmm. another partner in the business or whatever too. And I saw I was just watching your guys' marketing video, which I think Jeff Singer helped out with. Yeah. He, he does, he does. Um, all yeah, and yeah. he did all their marketing too. So it's just like again how the church and all the members of the church really can can be a blessing to the body and the other members. But so I see your marketing videos and I see. The type of values and trust and integrity that you guys say that you do and and you guys do do in the workplace, as I know, because I've used you guys before. So um, is that one of the ways that you can really show and do things to the glory of God is making sure you're doing it with integrity? Because there's a lot of people in your business, as there are in mine, that don't do it that way.
3: Most definitely. Real estate attorneys, uh, the law field wherever you turn, even the church, sometimes yeah, that people um, uh, aren't doing things what, where they should, or the honesty is just not there. The integrity is not there. That's what we strive for. And we let all of our agents and all of our staff members know that that's, that's goal. One is honesty and integrity. And if, you know, if we can't fall back on that, we can't fall back on anything. So that's first and foremost, what we you know strive to do every day.
1: And that is what you guys project out to the community and how, what you guys kind of set yourselves apart Definitely. from other realtors and real estate uh, businesses. Aaron, how would you explain to somebody how they could do whatever they do to the glory of God at work.
2: Uh, and I mean, it's definitely a mindset right. of of prioritization. Like that, that if I want to work well, like the the number one way that I'm going to work well as a pastor, as as an attorney, as a realtor, is. Um, time with the Lord, devotion to the Lord, um, a worship of the Lord. And so that, that sets the stage. That's a prioritization. But also, Nate just kind of, uh, he, he didn't just allude to it. He, he stated it. Um, you can't live in contradiction to things that Scripture has stated clearly. And do things to the glory of God. So if you're not walking in integrity, if you're not walking in humility or you're not walking in honesty or so forth, um, you're 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 untrustworthy, you know, um, then you're you can't do it for the glory of God. You can't walk in and in, in send this contradiction in scripture and do it for the glory of God. And so, um yes, prioritizing our relationship with the Lord and our family's relationship with the Lord and 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 leading and cultivating um, a spirit of worship in our home. That's important. But also. Walking in the disciplines that the Lord has given us instruction of, mm-hmm. that's really important if we're going to bring glory to the Lord. And, and I was thinking about this as Nate was talking, and that's one of the reasons why the glory of God, the G in our acronym, a BLDG, BLDG was so important for us um, is because there are even churches— um, or Christians who are like, I'm going to be really, really solid in believing biblically, or I'm going to be a, a loving and faithful, you know, member of my community or of my, and you of you my church. And you do it for other reasons. Right. But you do it for other reasons. You lose the why of, of why this is so important, and the glory of God is paramount to that. Like, that's, we believe biblically and love community and disciple intentionally and walk in integrity and walk in humility for God's glory primarily. And so, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, no matter what the what the position or job is, um, we can do it for the right reason. That's the glory of God.
1: Yeah. And I think that's an awesome way to kind of wrap up this segment is just, Everything we do, do it to the glory of God, not just at work, but even if we're talking about loving communally or discipling intentionally. This is Peter Tragos from the Law Offices of Tragos, Sardis, and Tragos. Our website is TragosLaw.com. We practice personal injury, criminal defense, and some employment law. We are here guest hosting this show for Jim, who's again on vacation. For his anniversary, he deserves a break, and he asked us to come do this. I'm not sure why, because we've never done it before, but it's been pretty fun. We've got Aaron Curran here, the pastor of Building 28 Church. We've got Nate Brown here. He's a realtor over at Park Property Group. Um, And we are just kind of talking about how uh, we've been focusing mostly on First Corinthians 12, about how the the church is one body with many members and how a lot of members have strengths and weaknesses. And we should do our best as members and volunteers of the church and including the pastor to use our strengths for the glory of God to bring people to the kingdom. And that can a lot of times focus on how we can be used in the church. So this segment, I really want to use it as kind of an encouragement to anybody listening to the I work for him uh, podcast or radio show, however it is you're listening to this, and how you can work for him and how that can be a direct line to the kingdom, including working in the church. So I'm, I'm going to ask uh, Aaron and Nate to talk a little bit about, we'll start with Aaron, about how specific occupations and people in our church that have reached out in a time of need and, and really been there for our church and been there for our uh, members of the church when they needed it.
2: Yeah. So I, I mean, first, as you were talking, Peter, I was thinking it's not only the skills that someone possesses, but it's the wisdom behind how they do their skills. And mm-hmm. so uh, for example, we kind of joked about it earlier. My wife is very accident prone. She's been in multiple car accidents. Most of them not her fault, but still, <laughs> and uh, and she's had to. It's it's great to have an attorney that like kind of knows uh, that doesn't kind of that knows where the where we should do next, um, um, the channels that we should go through, who we need to visit, who we need to talk to. Um, so that's been that's been huge. Um, I was thinking. Um, as, uh, we were on break about different people to serve the church. Well, um, as we started up, I mean, as a church plant, we had no children in the beginning. Uh, now there's tons and tons of children. Tons. And so we've had to, uh, we've had to establish a children's ministry. Um, and we have a couple of school administrators. We have some school teachers. And so consulting with them about what makes it a safe environment, what makes it an educational and informational environment, um, for them, they've been invaluable. Um, we started at the church, a coffee shop. And so we had a, a guy who had served in Starbucks. For years and years, the manager, Um, and he gave us a lot of advice on what machines we need, uh, how to create the environment there that we needed. And so, Starbucks
1: didn't even know how they were helping our church. I I mean, look at that! (laughs) Look at how good Starbucks is—they're helping our church.
2: They knew, yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, obviously, the handyman with work that's going on on in the church. Um, We have. Uh, a couple of architects who have drawn up blueprints because you need to get permitting for yep. stuff that you do in the church, which is the church planter. You don't even think about it. Like, you just like, hey, let's throw up a wall right here. And then the city's like, hey, you need a permit for that. And so, um, you know, and then construction that goes on. And, and we've used them in our house as well. Like, we've renovated the house, and we've had different people come in to do that. We've had electrical work that needs to be done or AC work. And just different guys or girls in the church who are specialized in those fields or at least in resources to someone who does has been invaluable.
1: And that's kind of a cool thing from, from my perspective. And so I'm a lawyer. I handle mostly car accidents. Okay. My dad does mostly criminal defense. You guys come to me, you have a car accident, happy to help you with that. It's my specialty It's what I do. But it's also when you think of stuff that we don't necessarily do, but it is a legal discussion. Like when we talk about landlord tenant issues, how to deal with that, how to deal with, you know. Parking issues or or discrepancies that you have, or somebody shows up to the church that shouldn't be there legally. How do we trespass them and things like that? So, you know, it's it's just the 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 basic knowledge that you have from going to law school and how you can dip into that and use it to help the body. And I know uh, Nate talked about earlier how there were other people in the church that kind of came alongside him when he was helping the church with his specialty in real estate. That there are other aspects that maybe somebody else in the church had more specialized knowledge about, and how that helped you help the church.
3: Yeah, certainly. We had a, a CEO of a of a of a big, large nationwide company that goes to our church. And he was able to come alongside myself with the finances and trying to figure out this when we first started and kind of guide me and help me with banking issues and different things like that. Paying Aaron, how do we get the staff paid different things that um, so that that was huge and very valuable at the time. And that's been kind of, uh, as Aaron said, um, you know, that's uh continued the entire time. We've had different people, you know, come across, um, you know, mortgage when we were looking to purchase a building. You know, we have a couple gentlemen in church, Jamie Brown with First Mortgage that, um, you know, was able to come alongside us and, you know, guide us through that process of if we take this step, what does it look like um, and how do we do it? And, you know, it's been very valuable.
1: Right. And, and just recently we had a tax specialist, a CPA come in and talk about you know, how religious organizations deal with tax issues and how the new tax code may affect that. Um, I I know also we have a lot of cops that happen to go to our church from, from all over Pinellas and Pasco County and Hillsborough County. And I know they've been vital in helping our security team get together and get a security plan because, We hear all the the horror stories around the world and how it happens. I mean, it happens in schools. It happens in churches. It happens everywhere, whether it's shootings or whether it's, you know, somebody coming in and doing something to somebody Um, and how that's really been vital in putting together a security plan. Um, I know we've also Pastor Don, who you mentioned earlier, has also his his bivocational job dealing with, you know, personality um, strengths and weaknesses and how he's used that in our church. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he has that. I mean, he has a he's certified um, in in what's called string finders. It's kind of it's similar to maybe a Myers Briggs or or a DISC or something like that. But he does that to, to assist people. And, and as you're talking, like my mind just keeps going to different people in the church work a variety of jobs. Like Nate's brother owns a lawn company yep. and he services tons of people in the church. Um, you know, obviously, and it's I think it's important also to note at this point that. Um, that paying each other is also it's, it's, every once in a while to do a, a service for free for somebody is nice, but it's also important not to take advantage in the church of somebody that, you know, this is their occupation. this is how they provide for their family. And so making sure that we're paying for services rendered. Um, one other thing, Peter, as you were talking, I was thinking about is i um, using your job and the people in the job um, that you become friends with, or you have connections with or influence over um, if possible as a mission field. And, and what came to mind is we're trying to to move back into the Dunedin area and serve the, the greater Dunedin area and in particularly the artist community of the Dunedin area. And we have a couple people who are, who are artists and know those folks and um, have given us really good as artists have given us really good feedback on how we can, uh, intentionally and effectively serve them. And so just using your job as a platform uh, for a witness for Christ and, and a gospel impact is also incredibly huge.
1: Yeah, I think that we, we really serve the, the church and the members of that body, and we want like, like I've said, I've used Nate. I've used Nate's brother. I've used lots of people in our church um, for their occupation and pay them because I use them for trust, not not for yeah. free. You know, yeah. you use them because of the the things that, that Nate talked about and are in a lot of his advertisements that we share. And I think that that's cool that we have similar kind of angles in our advertising that we're trustworthy. We have integrity. This is a profession of yeah. ethics is something that we say all the time because so many people don't have those things. So I think that it's important based on what, what you're just talking about is to always have one eye on the main purpose and the goal, which is doing everything to the glory of God, and really with the purpose of furthering the kingdom. And yeah. you can do that so much in your in your job. I mean, just the way that you act and handle yourself can be a... a, a...
3: And when those opportunities arise with people in the church, it really just fosters better relationships. Better relationships, better community allows you to uh, become more a part of their lives, get to know them um, from a different angle and kind of get to know them deeper and more and you know, just provide a better relationship for you to bring to the other members of the church.
1: We talk all the time about how... You, you can make so much more of an impact on somebody's li- life if you foster a relationship mm-hmm. with them first. And a lot of times that can come through work. So even if your work is not technically, you know, a witness to them for what you're doing, but you're building a relationship so that you can further that witness, whether the person is a Christian or not. I think that's something that's so cool about the workforce and about how that can become such a mission field for you. So that that's basically the point is, I don't know if you have any other examples we can go through just just as an encouragement to people listening to all different kinds of jobs. I know Jim has Gave me this book last time I was here. That every job a parable, basically, and it went through all these different kinds of jobs and how you can be a light for Christ in that job, and, and what we're talking about focusing today on how you can be a, a servant of your church because of whatever job it is that you happen to do.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, Jeff Singer, our media director, you know, does a lot of work with us as well, all of our video productions and different things like that, and you know, just being around him is always an encouragement. Uh, you know he's a good friend, and uh, you know so it's fun to be with him. Spend that little extra time that he has, you know, apart from the church. Um, and he does a phenomenal job as well. So he's been able to serve us, and really, you know, to me, it's a, you know it's a blessing every time I'm with him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to go. You know, to Scripture. Uh, you know, I, think, I feel like as a pastor, I have to. But I think it's um, a good idea. <laughs> no, but I mean, when you're talking, when you're, you to go back to a kind of a previous segment. But when you're talking about all of this and how we serve the church and how we do all things to the glory of God, you look at the example of Christ, who was obviously we all know a carpenter. Or you look at the disciples, the apostles, who um, were fishermen. You look through throughout the New Testament, Paul, a literal tent maker. And, uh, and and then you look at um, kind of even post that time at the Reformation era and you got Mar- Martin Luther, um, who is accredited, who knows if he actually said it, but the duty of cobblers um, is, is not to be over spiritualized, but to make shoes well for the glory of right. God. And so doing um, looking at the example of, of Christ and the apostles, the early church and, and, you know, kind of the Reformation era and into today, just working hard, working with diligence, showing up when we say we're going to show up um, all of these things um, are point. To integrity and they point to something deeper More meaningful and that is relationship with Christ And and, and exhibiting him And so I think there's great examples Throughout history and in scripture that we can look To um, to to say Because none of the apostles were professional Ministers they were all um, Laymen is what we would call them. And so there's great examples there That we can draw from how to work
1: Yeah I don't think there's a better spot to end on than that Thank you guys so much for coming out again It's Aaron Curran at Building28Church Building28.com Nate Brown with uh, parkpropertygroup.com and Nathan Brown Realty.com and I'm Peter Tragos tragoslaw.com. Thank you so much Jim for having us and hope everybody enjoys the rest of their day.